Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And uh, what a what a week. <laughs> <laughs> this week felt long to me too, dude. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, definitely the the kind of week where like I get home and just like sit in the couch, like next thing I know it's my bedtime. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, you know. I haven't really felt that since I started working from home before the pandemic, but I definitely remember that feeling when I still had the commute and it is one of my least favorite feelings on the planet. Like yep. getting home, like especially when I would get home around like seven or something. Yeah. Then I'd make dinner. I'd maybe watch like an episode of a TV show with Rick. <clears throat> and then we'd be like, we're tired. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like that's no. just like... I get off work at 7 these days. So I mean, I think... at least you don't have to wake up at 5 to go to the that's gym. True. That's true. I wake up at yeah. 7 to go to the gym. Uh, so, the... like, my day's front-loaded uh, with personal stuff, yeah. and then I basically get home and I'm out. Uh, I, yeah. I get more done that way, but it's still disorienting. Like, get home and be like, and I've been going for... You know, 12 hours, 13 hours straight by the time I make it home if I stay a little late at work. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Getting things done in the morning takes a different level of like uh, get up and go, like a literal yep. get up and go um, that, you know, it's it's really hard to hold yourself to it because, you know, especially as it gets dark because Seattle, people always talk about like the winter and the rain in Seattle and that's part of it. But really just being so far north. And people, I know people get on us about like it being very like Seattle driven content sometimes, but that's just where we are. So it's how we talk uh, up here. It does. It's just very dark. Like it, it's dark in the morning and then it gets dark very early. There is that, that old favorite tweet. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Why are you here? It's 4 PM yep. uh, literal. And it actually it won't, the sun won't set after 7 PM again in Seattle until March, 2022 sorry yeah it's probably time to start taking my vitamin d supplements yeah time to break out the um the the alarm clocks that we have that like mimic the sun rising yeah melissa's got one of those yeah doesn't work i have one i have one and it it's it was really nice when i had to commute but now that i don't have to commute it's not as essential no, I've got the the same alarm block I've been rocking since uh, freshman year of college. It's one of those like little like just like the red LED panel oh. or whatever. And it's, just, eh, eh, eh. it's the most obnoxious thing on the planet, but uh, works for you. Yeah, work. It's one. Of, it's hard to wake me up. Um, or at least it was at one point in time. I think that's changed a bit with Parenthood, but yeah. Either way, I don't want to oversleep an alarm. I I can't imagine if I had to live with one of those people who has to set an alarm. And I'm sorry, if, listeners, if you're one of those people who, like, sets an alarm clock every 15 minutes starting at, like, an hour and a half before they have to wake up. Because <clears throat> I read about these people. I'm sorry, dude. That's, like, <laughs> I like I had a roommate like that once when I was in college. And it was, like, every nine minutes she just would, like, she was, like, the snooze hitter. And, and yep. her alarm clock was... John Mellicamp's Hurt So Good, but it was on such an awkward, like, transition. It was, Hurt So Good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Come yep. on, baby, make it hurt so good. I was like, yeah. It was really awful. My college roommate, uh, his alarm clock was uh, Kesha's TikTok. Oh, Jesus. Wake up in the morning feeling like, like P. Diddy. The the worst the worst one that was worst that my my roommate had and I love Brandy Carlisle, but this one this it's just so jarring to wake up to that part in the song the story where she goes all of these lines across my because she's just like just she just it's just such a oh my gosh this is just someone like really full throat singing and you're like what is happening. I thought someone was screaming in an adjacent dorm room the first time I heard him like, Lindley, someone's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? 
No, it's just it's Brandy Carlisle. I was like, oh my god, because like I was Chasing also asleep. That stop, drop, and roll reflex that we all learned in elementary school. I was like, someone's attacked. Someone's being attacked. I was like, what? flip the tables, get under the door frame. I was like rolling out of my my bed. I'm like, God, help, must help, woman. I was like, call the police. Call the beepo. Hey Alexa. <laughs> No, that didn't. No, (laughs) batten down the hatches. Oh my god! No, that was that was jarring. Why do I wake up? I've already finished my coffee. What's waiting? I just started on my coffee. Like I got up this morning, um, and then I just worked from my phone for like the last two hours in bed, sitting upright. You worked from your phone. I read Reddit threads about a new video game I'm playing called Eastward. Which is fun, but it's very linear, and the battle, the battling is pretty clunky. But I really like it. People complain nice. there's a lot of dialogue, but I like, I like that there's a lot of story. I just wish it was more like Stardew Valley sometimes, but I like it a lot. I'm having a lot of fun. Thank it's like Zelda. Uh, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, uh, I was excited for a, a video game coming out on my birthday, actually. Uh, but Age of Empires 4 is something I've been looking forward to for a while, and I don't think I'm going to buy it. Oh? It it just doesn't look... I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on it. Yeah. Just They had the open beta last weekend, and I saw some of the gameplay from it. I'm like, this isn't... Uh, no, the... Like, Age of Empires 2 is look like the classic. Age of Empires 3 bombed, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at Age of Empires 4 going, nope, I, I, I don't think... I think Age of Empires 2 was just perfection. Can't improve yeah. on it. So I'm going to stick with the game that I already own and just keep playing that. Yeah, I get, I get that. I get that. I've been trying I've been trying to experiment a little bit more with video games because Rick and I just got into such a place where we were watching a shit ton of TV. And honestly, like, as much fun as we have watching, like, trash TV, Mm-hmm. I wanted us to play more video game, <laughs> like because I just feel like it's 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 more fun to be like actively involved in what we're doing, right? Building brain so, cells as opposed to actively killing them, or like team building because like um I got us a game called Thirty Nine Days to Mars, and that's like puzzles that we have to solve together. So that's kind of fun. Um, my friend Shep, please tell my, me my, like Elon Musk is the villain in that game. No, <laughs> there's no villain that I can tell. We've only gotten no. past like one level of it so far. Um, and then, you know, there are things that are frustrating about it. Like there's really no like instructions. <laughs> so like there, there was like a, a couple were like, Oh, that like, I can figure this out. And then one were like, what? and then eventually if it's taking you too long, they give you some pretty deep hints. So, <clears throat> you know, at least like an escape that. room type game or it's very much like an escape room. Okay. I've never done an escape room, but it's what I imagine escape room to be like now that I think about it. That's actually great. Um, and uh, then my friend Shep was in town. She's like a childhood best friend who I hadn't seen mm-hmm. in six years. And she just started a job uh, that has her going to Seattle a couple times a year. So she was in town and she uh, told me about a game called, I think called Unraveled. And it's a two person game. So we were playing that and uh, we've been playing L.A. Noir, which I know is 10 years old. I think I talked about that last time. I think I you mentioned it. This? Yeah. All right, you so, talk about yeah, it in, the, in the Discord server. Okay, and uh, we've Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two are on Switch now. Nice. So, <laughs> it's got some of the same. It's like a lot of the same songs and some new songs. So um, Rick had is a lot better at it than I am. So I've been actually having like a lot of fun watching him play it. But I'm still pretty okay at like remembering like where some of the secret tapes are, and I'm pretty good at still like getting like some of the letters and like, I, like getting like the high scores and stuff. Can't do it. Can't not good at that. But some of the things like getting the skate letters or doing some mm-hmm. of those, like I can, I can do that stuff. Okay. So he's letting me like go for those challenges while he like gets the 100,000 points or whatever. Nice. <laughs> so teamwork makes the dream work, right? Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's, that's how we've been killing our time outside of, you know, me with guitar stuff, which I have a lot of what's news, but we can talk about that later. Well, let's talk about it now. Screw I've it. been talking a lot. That's fine. I'm boring. I don't have any okay. what's news this week. It's just been 
I don't know. My what's new is <laughs> uh, nothing's new. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll be fine. Okay. Not every week has to be exciting. Well, the first thing is I bought this spruce effects and dirge pedal. It's a fuzz called the Astralicious. Mm. It's really versatile. Like I didn't. Ex- it's like hand engraved. They're is it all tasty? different. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's the Astralicious V2. I'll have a video up on it probably this sounds week. Sounds like a like a pot strain. <laughs> it kind of sounds like one too. But yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very mysterious kind of pedal because uh, the instructions are very funny. You know, Brian from Spruce is a funny guy. And he basically is like, I don't, there's one, there's no LEDs. So you don't really know what's engaged. You can tell when it's engaged, but he's like, yeah. I don't remember which taco goes which way. You're not going to know which which uh, the which, which way the secondary foot switches. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's no indicators on the knobs because you don't need them. Uh, and uh, have fun. <laughs> and it is really really fun. Like it can go from uh, really gnarly like fat fuzz to really thin kind of overdrivey sounds. I really really like it. I I was. Well, yeah, I kind of bought it on a whim because I like supporting Brian a lot from Spruce Effects. And uh, sometimes you just want to buy a thing every once in a while. So I wanted to buy this. And sure. I did. And I'm really glad I did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I might try to play this with my um, my gig on the 30th of October. So really excited for that. The next thing is I got ooh, from Spaceman. I'm gonna try to film a demo of this this weekend. It's the new I do like Delta the Spaceman II. logo. I do too, and they're based in Portland, which I always like. It's the Delta Two Harmonic Tremolo. Ooh! So I'm very excited. Maybe yes. that's one of the, your clues for thirty something days of Mars. <laughs> one uh, 39, 39 days to Mars. Three seconds to Mars. What? <laughs> All right, Jared Leto. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan. What was his name in my so-called life? Jordan. No that idea. show that just made every teenage girl ever. Well, every mil- older millennial teenage girl really love Unavailable Men. An optical harmonic tremolo with a deep feature set and a compact form factor. That is definitely a compact form factor. Indeed. A- a twist of the innovative lag control allows you to smoothly morph between traditional and harmonic tremolo ooh, with infinite rhythmic possibilities. Hazy, throbbing rhythms and energetic harmonics swirl and blend in a cauldron of filtering, phasing pulsations. That sounds filthy. I love it. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that sounds... um. Dirty. Should, should we have a uh, content warning in front of this for the children? or? Oh, it's never for children. I never check this content is made for children because it's not. Children should not watch this. The expression jack can control the rate or the depth. That's cool. So I'll probably use the um, OB&E expression ramper. Slider. I like using that. Sure. I like I, you like using the ramper. I'll use, probably use the slider too. Oh, the ramper would be cool. The ramper is always fun. I like bouncing tremolo. That's kind of fun. Voice. There are three voices. High and dry. High and low and low and dry. There's rate lag. Frequency. Res. Resonance. And then there's alternate, alternate modes. Apply power with a foot switch depressed. The lag transforms into four position mode selector with additional alpha presets. This seems like way more features than you would normally find in a compact unit. That's very compact. Yeah. Spaceman always has a lot of like uh, hidden things. So it's always more than you would expect. I'm and used then, to like, and then the I think compact, is still I think... this, this small. So it's right. a lot, but also it's, it's like not a lot like, to read so that that's nice yeah definitely breaking the mold of the uh the three knobs in a switch for a compact unit 
Yeah. So like mode one is LFO output one runs at normal speed and LFO output two runs at half speed. Okay. I'll figure it out. I think I'm just going to have to play it for a bit. And speaking of pedals that have a lot going on. Oh. Oh. Oh, Say more. It's from, oh, it's from Maris. My Maris. Maris. Oh, 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 oh. Maris. Maris. So every time I think about Maris, I do think about um, Fraser, because one of the characters who we never see is named Maris. Got a Polymoon. Woo! Yeah, I'm really excited. I played one of these at the guitar store years ago and I had to leave before I really got to dig into it. Yeah. No, those are super sick. Yay. So I'm really excited. For a digital delay, it's just like chef's kiss. Yes. I dropped the manual. Or I dropped something. What did I drop? Oh, yep, manual. Yay. Delay and synchronized phaser. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one, too. So much to be excited about. And then, not last, but certainly not least, we're twins. Twins. But I got wait. a pod go. We're not identical twins, are we? We're Okay, we're sisters, not twins. Because so I, I got the wireless pod Ta -da. go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a video where I... Um, uh, I think I'm going to try to do find time to do a video where I um, get sounds together for the set list for the Sunday crush set. Cause I really want to play this at our uh, October 14th show at drunkies and white center. Um, so I can walk around all wireless. Yep. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. But yeah, it has a little like storage slot for the wireless boy. Which Slick. is really not the tra charger because that's the charger slot. But yeah. I guess you don't need it charging like all the time. You probably don't want it charging all the time. Yeah, but Batteries I'm really excited. Are... Lots of stuff happening over here. Well, what a week. Oh, a lot of work to do. I'm glad I have tomorrow off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Always, always, always. It never ends. No, I mean, it was kind of a slow summer. I've not been, like, something a secret. But also, can I show you one of the last thing I did? Yeah. I have this little remote control, and I have my two umbrella lights now. They're no longer on tripods on the floor. Uh-huh. And they're no longer, have, no longer do I have to, like, plug them in to turn them on. Yeah. Oh. They're <laughs> Oh, I got like one of those uh, outdoor uh, remote control outlets that you use uh -huh. for Christmas lights. <laughs> I, I got one. For I didn't my even know those existed. Lights. That's great. I didn't either. I was looking for one with just like a switch. Like I thought I could just like get one up for like a switch that like I've seen them for lamps on the floor. Uh, like I've seen them in like older people's homes. <laughs> Well, welcome like, to the uh, remote control lighting gang. Uh, oh, oh, smart lights. Ooh. I have a lamp in my in in another room in my house that like I control with my phone. It's so much fun. It is pretty fun. It is no right to be as much fun as it is, but But yeah, there it goes. It's just breaking the law, breaking the law. It's fun stuff. Cool. Anything else that's new with you, dude? <clears throat> um, no, nothing that I want to talk about on okay. the show. <laughs> uh, personal family stuff. I'll fill you in oh. later. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Although cool, I did cool, get cool. new sticky notes, so that's exciting. That's Guess exciting. what color they are? Orange. How did you know? I just had an inkling. You got the orange <laughs> KXP shirt. Got orange guitar just vaguely off screen. Orange sofa. Orange in the lamp. Orange, I think, sticky note behind you, actually. 
Yeah, there's an orange sticky note over there. Look at that. <laughs> Detective work. Yeah, sometimes Rick gets surprised when he asks me to guess something and I guess. And he's like, how'd you know? I'm like, perception. <laughs> I'll never forget. Elementary, like, my dear Watson. I'll never forget once in one of those guitar groups, dude. Like, someone said that he bought the SY1 because he already had a blue boss pedal and he didn't think his wife would notice. And she immediately noticed. He's like, how did you know? I already have a, I thought you wouldn't notice because I already had a blue boss pedal. And she's like, that one has glitter, dumbass. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. Women can see glitter a fucking mile away. Like, <laughs> I mean, men are definitely more likely to be colorblind. So that seems like, a, <clears throat> yeah. Well, and women can literally see more shades of color just in it's not general. Fair. It's not fair. You're right. There's lots of things that aren't fair in this world. And of the things that aren't fair, that seems really not high up there. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you understand. Men are, men are oppressed. <laughs> We're oppressed. You're, you're oppressed because you, you can't really pick periwinkle out of the color wheel quite as easily. Sorry. I don't even know what periwinkle is. I assume a shade of blue, but... <sighs> Are you looking it up to send to me? It's like, I'm trying to describe it now. I mean, one, it's a flower, but I would kind of call it more in the vein of purple. I would call it close to lavender. Yeah, I don't like this color. If you Google periwinkle, you'll get people also ask, why is periwinkle called the flower of death? <laughs> it's very close to lavender. It's like lavender. It's like lavender if it was a little bit more blue. It's a color in the blue and violet family. It's got a great hex code, though. It's CCCCFF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah could you just photoshop like my shirt to be a different color oh yeah what color you want yeah that one <laughs> got you fam say no more <laughs> oh my god it's a it's hsv is 240 20 100 sounds exciting mm. People also search for lavender. Now that I'm looking at the lavender, that lavender doesn't look like very lavendery to me. Under the people also search for. No. That lavender looks very like pinkish. I don't agree with that assessment of lavender. Nor their assessment of lilac. Sure. Now we're talking colors. It's a color colorful episode. Oh, big yawn. All right. And some, and some Getting my yawn out of my system, and then we can uh, oh, stretch it. Oh, that was a back crack. This week's episode of the Get Offset Podcast is sponsored by Caroline Guitar Company. They make, they've made versions of their somersault pedal in lavender. Not periwinkle, though. Maybe, Not maybe Philippe, Philippe should get on that. Where are the periwinkle guitar pedals? I think that's a great question. I, I think there should be a... Uh, did you a say limited... that's a gray question? No, I did not. <laughs> <sighs> Look at you bringing havoc into this conversation. Oh, havoc. havoc. Ooh, that's normally the Caroline Guitar Company's job because their guitar pedals have havoc switches. And they're awesome. If you like havoc. If you like havoc. If you like boring, normal. Then you should not look at the tone. Caroline Guitar Company. Yeah. But if you like exciting, if you like havoc, if you like, if you like to be able to, if you like to be able to introduce havoc 
into your music at key moments when you if want you to. If you have a God complex that needs fulfillment in an auditory sense. But only when you want to add it, specifically when you want to add it, their pedals are great for that because it can be just like that great, awesome sound. And then you just hit that switch and it all goes wild. Their pedals are perfect for that. It's true. Right. But I mean, if it's not for you, then um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we can't be friends, but. Yeah. If you want boring, that's fine. Lots of, Mm -hmm. lots of pedals for that. Try the Amazon basics. Right. Like get their tube screamer copy. Just be boring. Yeah. Just be boring. It's fine. Is it though? Yeah, sure. This is the part where like the, you start to see this, the top wobble. What? You're negging our audience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, so, uh, again, I know we kind of get burned sometimes for talking about Seattle content because local jokes get local work, but um, there was a little bit of Seattle drama this week with there was, a famous comedian. Which I think it, it isn't just local play because it's a, it's a well-known <gasps> no. shop all around the world. It is a very, very world-renowned shop and a very, very, very famous comedian. It just happened to happen within our zip code. It did. And to be absolutely clear, both the comedian, the comedian did delete his post. I think that he and the shop worked out whatever happened between them. But basically this shop is located in an area of Seattle. that's never been for the record, never been a great neighborhood. (laughs) Historically not a great neighborhood. Um, and recently in the past couple of years, they've had some really major issues with theft. And I think in the last year or so, uh, the shop owner or one of the co-owners was jumped leaving the store and stabbed. And since COVID basically they've had a mask policy and an appointments only policy. So that's on their website. And, um, I guess the gist is this this comedian and actor uh, was denied service because of the appointments and the mask policy and was not able to buy a guitar, even though he had the money. And then he got mad and posted on Instagram about it. And then people came to his defense because of the mask policy. He said he got bad service whatever and uh we don't know what happened or what was said i do know that i've gone to that shop broke as hell and have been encouraged to play ten thousand dollar guitars yep same so like as a not very not famous person this was like before i had the podcast and all that so like as an absolute nobody who would just like go in on my lunch break because i worked in the area and i've been treated as a nobody like royalty there basically uh very suspicious i suppose um i wouldn't want to like completely discount that somebody may have had a bad experience there i'm sure people have had bad experiences there oh i'm Um, absolutely willing to (laughs) disc yeah i'm sure people have had bad experiences there but I the post screamed entitled douchebag. And I think that probably had something to do with his, that absolutely had to have had something to do with how he was treated. I Uh, think he's a very bristly guy. And I do not think he probably, I think he probably did not treat the employee there with the respect that she deserved. uh, Because I am familiar with the employee there. And I've worked with her and I'm willing to give her a bigger benefit of the doubt. Yep. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that, you know, maybe when it's a local guitar store and you're a world famous comedian, maybe don't put them on blast, especially, you know, I'm sure he didn't know that the owner or co-owner had been stabbed recently. And that they've been robbed of like $30,000 worth of gear in the past couple of years. It just seemed like a tantrum. It I did don't seem care like a tantrum. It doesn't matter if you're a comedian or what your status is, how much money you've got. That, that's 
that's inexcusable. I'm, I, yeah. I, I won't apologize for saying that. I mean, that's he just. Went, and he went to another local store and he bought his, you know, nice guitar. So all ended well for him. Uh, and he deleted the post and it seems Although like now that I think out. about it, I think maybe he's the oppressed one in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Going back to the whole minute. Yeah. Okay. He got yeah, his nice guitar. Go. Solved it. He, he got his nice custom shop strat. And then he went to Filson and got his nice expensive bag. And I have a nice Filson bag. It's fucking dope. Those are nice bags. I got I got mine through a nice um, discount program. Thanks to Tom for helping us get those Filson bags at a nice nicer nicer prices. <laughs> I never would have got one otherwise. I love mine. My cat has barfed on it and it cleaned right up. Yeah. I watched my cat pop out of her little cat cube barf directly on that bag i was like of all the things of all the things he could have barfed just knew. on mm, this smells nice <laughs> yeah. it cleaned up really well anyways I, i've got no patience for big boomer energy like that i just <sighs> he's big gen x Right, he's he's definitely Gen X, but yeah. I I sure I, that's where he technically is, but that that behavior, just like going with stereotypes of internet isms. I mean, just somewhere between Boomer yeah. and Karen. I mean, yeah. Don't I mean, treat you know, retail employees that way, ever. Yeah, and you know, I think just the celebrity energy was kind of upsetting and annoying, and I was. I, I don't like to see it from that person in particular. Like I'm a fan of this, com- like a, I really like this comedian. So it was like such a bummer to see like, Honestly, like two, two things you like, this. really, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? No idea. Not a clue. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Which really adds to the whole, like they didn't recognize who I I'm like, Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, Get you're, you you are a younger millennial then, yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, he's very funny, honestly. Sure, I I don't out, doubt you that. Check out his stand up. But I thought we talked about his stand up. Huh. I don't think we did. I, I really don't maybe, recognize. Maybe it was name. Rick and I who who like watched his stand up or something. I mean, I'm sure he's capable of being funny. Whatever he posted the other day, that was not it. No, oh, that was not funny. Imagine if that was a joke. No. <laughs> Speaking of jokes. Go, go for it. <laughs> um, really just coming out the gate with my opinion on things. Um, uh, Gibson has teamed up with a fintech startup by the name of Rally. Oh, man. You were just coming out. You're just coming out of the gate. I don't shit on this. this. People, oh, wow. Okay. People can hear what I think and if so... they disagree, that's fine. I don't know anything about... I mean, I got the press release. We both got the press release. <clears throat> I'm sure I'm missing something that makes this a better business thing than so, I'm aware of. But we got the press... Are seems... you going to read the press release or are you going to just... Sure, I'll read the press release. Let's see here. Swipe, swipe. Uh, from Gibson... Rally, the first platform to allow retail investors to invest in collectible assets, today announced a partnership with Gibson, the leading iconic guitar brand that has shaped the sounds of generations of musicians, yada, 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 yada. This partnership comes off the heels of Rally's $30 million Series B funding, led by Excel, another financial, um, with participation from existing investors, upfront ventures, social leverage, and others. So... Their startup, they made it to Series B. They seem to be doing well, and this is just one of their okay. next partnerships to prove the solvency <clears throat> of their platform. Cool. Okay. Uh, now, anyone can invest in three unique Gibson guitars. That's what this partnership is about. Um, so the three guitars, there's a 1966 EDS 1275 Double Neck, Tommy Iommi Monkey, 1964 SG Special Replica, and Adam Jones 1979 Les Paul Custom Aged and Signed Silver Burst. So... The idea here is you can buy shares in one of these three guitars. Of a replica guitar? Yep. Oh, a replica okay. looks like the Les Paul Custom, so aged and signed is not original. Uh, it looks like the EDS 1275 is the only one that looks like it might be original. Wait, the, the which one? 
Oh, wait, no, that's not. Uh, slash 1966 EDS 1275. But, um, it does say it was handcrafted by Gibson Custom Shop. So they're not even like original vintage anything guitars. They're just custom shop guitars. Oh, so they're $65,000? I'm confused. Uh, quotes uh, in the press release. Gibson is one of the most trusted guitar brands in the world. We couldn't be more excited to be the first platform offering these iconic assets to our investors, says the CEO of Rally. Guitars of this caliber have historically always gone to individual collectors, but our goal was to find a way to make the ownership experience accessible as to many fans as possible, says Mark Agnese, director of brand experience, Gibson Brands. But, but I don't get to, I, I never get to play. Thanks to Rally's unique platform, fans can have a chance to own a piece of guitar history that would have otherwise seemed unobtainable. But I don't get to obtain it. it very much feels like buying um, an acre on the moon. Uh, that I will never visit. But then does if the guitar get sold, do I get money? Maybe. Uh, but will the guitar get sold? Should I buy a share of this guitar right now? <laughs> Live on the podcast. I'm doing uh, it. I'm, I'm making an account. There we go. It's happening. I think, let's see um, here. There's an I about get... Gibson section and about rally section. None of this is new information. Gibson is basically a list of like when they were founded, what brands they own, and what their media platforms are about rally. Rally is a first of its kind platform where unique high value assets are securitized, split into shares, and offered securitized. as equity, equity investments to users of all income levels. The firm's mission is to democratize alternative asset investing by providing access, liquidity, and transparency to markets that have traditionally only been available to a select few. Okay. Rally completed the first ever initial offering for a vehicle in 2017. The Rally app is now easily available for iPhone, Android, or web desktop and all mobile platforms at www.rallyrd.com. Yes, and... But so you don't get to touch it. You don't get to play it. You don't get to look at it outside of pictures. Um, you just own like a hypothetical share, which I mean, I suppose is like how stocks is done. I mean, like, sure. Like I, I can own stocks in Apple or Microsoft or insert company here. Uh, Blackberry, you know, game stonks. Stonks. But game stonks. I how do I? This is not like I, I like ever like touch or own the, the, the purpose for like investing in the New York Stock Exchange is Ooh. like you put money in and hopefully Here's in the future that money guitars. is worth more. I see guitars. I see, oh, there we go. I, what I understand Gibson. with the stock exchange is, you know, your 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 shares oh, the go slash up or go down is, in value oh, based the on. Slash, the slash one's already funded. Wow. 100% funded. Adam Jones what? is coming soon and Gibson Tommy Iommi. I mean, it worked. Yeah, I mean they're making money. I, I have no doubt there. I, I I I certainly don't want to say that this is an absolute fail from a business perspective. It just I I guess me saying this is a joke is it seems maybe this is how like some folks felt when they heard about crypto. I'm like that's not going to work. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm the one that's behind here. But this is like, it, what what. It, under what basis is that money going up? Is it like we're all buying hypothetical shares in it and then Gibson takes that money and invests it themselves? Because uh, like KKR is their parent company, which is essentially like a investment holding type uh, asset management company. So maybe they're just going to take that money, put it in other ventures, and then that pool of money will be worth more in the future, kind of like a savings account. Oh, here's one. Eddie Van Halen concert played guitar sign is down 4.4% since last close. So they actually actively trade these shares. So it's its own ecosystem within itself of actively trading them. Yes. So it's like so, an alternative. Yeah. Okay. So that so this one this one is there 8 dividends? 5 it looked like it launched at 26 and then 
it w went to auction at Julian's and sold. Oh my God. No, oh, it looked like sold at Julian's for 1920 and then sold at golden for 20 and then it sold on eBay for 60 heritage for 54 and then iconic for 46. So it looks like it just is selling at different places. This doesn't really make any sense to me. Is that just for shares? I don't really understand this at all. Huh? But it looks like this is physically selling somewhere. And then people are buying shares. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me as like. Like, are, is it a self-contained ecosystem where people are trading shares actively, similar to the New York Stock Exchange, which is its own self-contained? Uh, or It looks like, like both because these are physical items that are selling at auctions, it looks like. So if it sells at an auction, then the valuation of the guitar goes up. But if a hundred, say a hundred people have all bought shares in the guitar and then someone else actually buys the physical guitar, then who owns the guitar? <sighs> this is so stupid to me. It's like having the guitar, like a, like a, an ownership stake. You have to own like more than 50% of the shares to have the guitar. This doesn't make any sense. I think I we're think where I start to have like, so like I get that. Yes, it's making money and I'm sure Gibson's breaking in a whole ton of money out of that chunk there. Uh, I guess my question is the questions that now float around the back of my mind are more like brand identity uh, questions. I'd love to like sit down over beer with Mark and be like, what, what is the future Gibson? Like what, 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 what is the direction that you're moving toward the, and how is this helping the company move forward in that direction allies asset ally physically i'm sorry rally. rally rally physically owns the assets the assets are securely stored in our purpose-built climate-controlled east coast facility they are monitored by a trained local staff and kept under 24 7 video surveillance okay so how they're paying work? people's salaries with this amount Whatever their profits are. So basically then. So Gibson he, doesn't own the guitars anymore? No. So Gibson So then sold. you're just like buying shares on this, these physical things that are owned by Rally. Uh-huh. And then you're yeah. just deciding whether or not they're worth anything. It's just like the stock exchange, exactly like the stock exchange. I, so I after an initial offering, they impose a 90 day lockup period during which shares cannot be bought or sold. Once that lockup period is over, the invest invest button is replaced by buy and sell. So, you know, the asset is trading. You can sell your shares during trading windows which open for each asset on one specific day each month. Just one specific day each month you can buy or sell, it looks like. During the trading window, you can revise your order as often as you want. When it closes, the broker-dealer will match sell orders bids at the market clearing price per share. If it's at or above your ask, your sale will clear and the buyer's funds will be deposited into your account. <sighs> Like apparently they start with cars. Can I, cause it says, can I buy shares even if I missed a car's initial offering? <laughs> um, Takes rally cars to a whole new level. Like I, I, I understand buy that. Buy or sell shares. I understand that retail trading has been a huge shift in this, the overall investment landscape. I mean, looking at like Robinhood, for instance, and just Coinbase and other applications available for people to start putting their little, their petty change into in order to invest a little bit at a time um, just on smaller levels, as opposed to like hedge funds and larger, more traditional investment mechanisms. So I get that that's been a major change recently in the, in the market, but I, I think this almost seems like the pendulum has swung the other direction too far. Like it's one thing to like level the, the playing field, like, like democratize um, so to speak the, the investment landscape, but, I don't know. This feels strange. 
This is very strange. Um, so when when do you sell the assets and what happens when you do? In general, we tend, intend to hold the assets for the long term. However, we do keep close tabs on what an investor sentiment through the app is, as well as the broader market conditions. If we do liquidate the asset, the assets, the proceeds do get paid to the shareholders. Remember the trading windows provide flexibility to the investors. Instead of having to wait for an asset to be sold to exit your investment, you are able to decrease your exposure by selling shares during a trading window. So, I mean. <sighs> so the part that I don't understand is like, if you were buying shares in a company, that is an active, constantly changing entity. Buying shares in right. guitar that's in a climate control environment, that is a static. Like maybe the shares go up if Adam Jones were to tragically die. Like that's the only thing I could, like if there's a name attached to that item, then yeah, that's a bit way, way, way more static. Yeah. Replica guitars, I mean, they don't get made a lot, but they do get made. This just Right. What's to say Gibson doesn't make another three of these? Yeah. Or more, I'm not saying or, more in, or more in different slash models or more in different. Clearly Gibson sees value models. in this for their business, building their brand identity, et cetera. I, I, I'm not trying, sure what it is. Trying something but... new, new partnerships, you know, getting the brand name out there. Um, does seem a little bit like catering to the almost blue blues lawyer market. Yeah. So like blues lawyers will have the money just, you know, buy the, these sorts of nice guitars. And that's not what that's the, the, the rich folks, the hobby, like the rich hobby players are not the folks that they are marketing to with this as far as I can tell, this is more of your middle-class, lower middle-class, you know, $5 a share, just want to like get in on the action, but without having. And so maybe that's the, that's what they're going for in terms of brand awareness. And that's what they're hoping to, to drive here. I, I, I don't entirely, I'm speculating. This is just day trader stuff, but like to do it once a month is like, goofy honestly like that's it's not very often and this is it seems more complicated it seems really a lot more complicated than like what you do with um let me just archive all those emails so the so from a from a branding perspective just continuing to speculate um i i would love to see gibson continue to grow and to develop and to live up to the legacy branding that that name deserves. And that's something that I've been saying for years now and I, I stand by. What I don't understand is I, in my head, what I imagine like one of Gibson's problems would be from a branding perspective right now is um, coming coming out of the, the last era of ownership where it just seemed like poor decision-making, very corporate, very corporate being bought out by a larger corporate entity with the bankruptcy. Now you've got this, what used to be feel like a people's guitar brand now feels like a corporate overlord. Um, the, the play authentic movement really did not help that imaging issue. And so now you've got that. And I imagine that's the sort of thing that you would want to try and buck as a company, especially to appeal to younger players. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misunderstand the, the market analysis there in terms of tar uh, target market, but that's what I'm imagining. And it, so if I assume that as a goal in my head, this doesn't line up with that goal. So maybe I'm just misunderstanding Gibson's goals here with their marketing. I mean, I don't know. It is uh, on one hand, like the $5 entry does very much seem to be like a way for people who otherwise couldn't buy a $13,000 instrument or whatever to own part, own part of one. Um, it's, it's Are they hoping very... to generate a meme stonks event. I don't know why anybody would. For the sake, because like the the meme stocks thing, like very much had a let's bring down the corporate over, let's let's completely kill hedge funds, and it, they successfully killed at least one or two hedge funds yeah. back in January. I mean, that was billions of dollars that they mm -hmm. they ruined for people, um, and, and just driven with this whole like desire to like topple the establishment, screw all of this. We're going to use what little influence we have. If we band it all together, we are more powerful than the corporate overlord kind of mentality. I'm truly I don't think anyone's trying, trying to topple Gibson. I'm truly trying to see the benefit of 
investing in this. Like, I think you'd have, like, this is very, this seems extremely risky. And yep. I just don't see, like, the likelihood of these guitar, like, honestly. And it just seems so um, dark thinking about like the only way that these guitars would go up extremely in value. Um, right. You'd buy shares in these guitars and you'd wait around for these guitars to die. And I, I take extreme <laughs> umbrage yep. in, in, in that mindset. Yep. And there's, that's just literally the only reason I can think of in investing in these guitars for to, to see any significant amount of monetary gain. And you know what? Like, honestly, like, like, like when, when, when Prince died, you could sell his records and make money. Like, like you could sell his memorabilia and make money. Yep. Like, and, and you had to, you had to do that. Like in the days and the weeks after he died, because everything was sold out because people wanted to go and they wanted to buy Prince records. Right. And, but, but you know, also part of the reason you could do that is because Prince didn't reissue a bunch of stuff. And Prince didn't have a bunch of like signature guitars and slash Tommy who was, Oh my gosh, what happened to my brain right there? Who's the third one with the guitar? Adam Jones, Adam Jones. They have a lot of signature guitars. Like there's already, there's a lot of stuff on the market already for them. So I don't know if it's going to, it wouldn't have quite the same windfall. Like if you had a Prince yep. cloud guitar that he sold at Paisley park or grand slam club, like in the nineties, like you sold that thing for $10,000. Yep. Like when you bought it for like two or like one, seven, uh, 1.7 K like you like, because he didn't sell all that kind of stuff. So I don't even think that like they would have that big of a return just right. because there's more of it. So no, like, I mean, I don't Even, think the business value here is, and I don't think the business value for Gibson is like, oh, we got three of these guitars in the vault. Let's just sell them and make yeah. some quick cash because that's not worth the amount of money. That's not. I don't think there was any risk really for Gibson for doing this. So I bet they were reached out to. Gibson makes things that increase in value. I think Rally saw that and thought, you know, guitars, guitars do go up in value. Um, so why wouldn't these? I I think in the back of my head, I kind of thinking through like Gibson's like brand branding objectives here. I, I think I I'm, I'm remembering back when Henry J said that Gibson was not a guitar brand but a lifestyle brand. Yeah, and he, that he wanted to model it kind of in the direction of like Harley, being like they're not necessarily a motorcycle brand. Harley Davidson is a lifestyle brand that just makes good yeah. motorcycles, and so coming from a branding strategy approach like that um if that's carried over i mean we've got a gibson ceo right now is not like a you know like a guitar player he, he came from levi's i mean right uh, which is a lifestyle a, brand is a lifestyle brand and, and i'm wondering if this isn't just continuation of just trying to reinforce gibson as a lifestyle brand um and, and to that end that would actually make a whole lot of sense for this as a move yeah <laughs> Someone's getting tickled in the other room. Holy cow, that was loud. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah. From from a lifestyle branding perspective, I, I guess that's the only that's the only objective in my head where this makes sense. Yeah. From a corporate strategy approach, um, mm -hmm. so like I guess I get it, but I don't know. You know, maybe maybe this is. I mean, I'm sure. The more I think about this, the more I'm realizing this is such a drop in the in the bucket in terms of how much money's involved uh, for Gibson as a brand. That this is probably just a yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, this pushes it's, us that direction. It's a bigger deal for Rally. Yes. Yeah, and you know, obviously it worked. The first one sold out. Like I've already closed the tab, so I don't remember when. The... It's like one hundred twenty thousand dollars in total for the first one. I think. Uh, no, I'm like, uh, so September, oh, uh, September 1st. So, I mean, obviously we kind of missed the mark on when that uh, went out. No, let's see. When right. I mean, that... it, yeah. So September 1st is like when the press release hit. Uh, it, 
And then like, you know, Guitar World and stuff, they didn't start picking up till about this week, which is when I took note of it. $65,000. That was the amount of money. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. Not a ton of money, but um, for a I mean, replica more... guitar, that that's more than, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a lot, kind of a lot of money, you know? So, I mean, of, of the guitars that they, they have, I mean, the Adam Jones one is, is asking for $95,000. The Tommy, it's, I'm sorry, it's, oh my God, I keep calling him Tommy. Tony. Mo- Tony's Monkey is 65K. Carlos Santana Gibson was 75K. And an EVH concert played is at 59.3 right now. And that's under, that's 4% lower than, uh, well, I guess what their IPO was. So, are they they are they calling it an IPO? Uh, are are they just straight up barring that terminology or? Dude, why? I don't remember I, the initial like <laughs> the initial bid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the offer they they are using the word offering. Yeah, they're they're using the word offering. Um. The original pro so look, looking at this Alex Jones one, <clears throat> the original prototype is showing two oh nine twelve thousand dollars. They're showing that one ten August uh, October first twenty sixteen, uh, one sold for forty thousand dollars, and they're showing that one a stage BB King stage played prototype sold at Julian's for thirty five thousand dollars. So they're showing like why are they playing? I don't now. That I don't understand. They're showing these previous selling prices that leads that does not make sense as far as the price. But they're showing the asset value has increased one hundred and ninety one percent since the first one went on sale over over the course of three transactions. That's that's what that was what was confusing me when I was looking at the sales. So the Tony Monkey originally sold an 09 for 12. The most recent one sold at Julian's for 35. So that's 191 up. These are the same numbers. What the These don't make any sense. Yeah, I I am not entirely sold on the numbers perspective of it. I I'm not going to be putting any of my money into it personally. I think I'd, I'd be better off dropping money into crypto, which I'm not even in right now. Don't do that, dude, right now. No. All right. Well, yeah, that's all I got to say about this. I don't well, I, I'm confused as ever, but I, you know, maybe at the end of the day, the fact that we're talking about this is, yeah. is the win for them. Stock bros uh, are going to be like our, our, <laughs> our, our stock trading listening listeners are going to be like, you're stupid. You're so stupid. Stonks. Stupid, Stunks. stupid podcasters. Well, well, maybe, uh, maybe we should uh, sell shares of my Orange Jennings for five dollars a pop. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sell, sell shares. I can't even joke about that. No, I can't imagine. That, that, well, that basically, mine. sell. Basically, sell shares of this podcast on patreoncom slash offset. Oh, yeah, invest five dollars. <laughs> Yes, at podcast.com slash merch. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. Goodbye. Bye.